This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Once again, 800 259-9231. We're going to start things out here tonight with a pretty outrageous story, actually. It is uh, coming out of... the. Well, I've got one from the Washington Times, but Mark, did you have one up? I haven't yet pulled, uh, pulled up the, uh, the story. And the story is about a proposal, as I understand it. I don't know how seriously this is being taken. I, I really honestly haven't read much about it yet. I just I heard about it, and I was shocked. Shocked to the core uh, when I heard about this. And that is, uh, they're talking about safety bracelets. Now, when you hear the term safety bracelet, you think, uh, well, that's a good thing, right? We need safety. I want to be safe. Bracelets are nice. People like jewelry. Well, as it turns out, uh, apparently someone is proposing that you be outfitted with one of these safety bracelets if you want to get on an airplane. And well, you know, they, they'd use the, the bracelets for tracking passengers and deciding, you know, who who belongs where. And that way they wouldn't get the, the wrong people and, and people would, would have a more difficult time changing identities somewhere halfway through the uh, the operation if, if some such thing was going to happen. And if you go to the bathroom too many times. Well, apparently there is going to be a shock component to the safety bracelets, as I understand it. Let me get to the story from the Washington Post. Of course, take your calls about what you want. At 800-259-9231, a senior government official with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has expressed great interest in a so-called safety bracelet that would serve as a stun device, similar to that of a police taser. According to the uh, promotional video found at Lampard Less Lethal Incorporated's website, the bracelet would be worn by all airline passengers. The bracelet would take the place of an airline boarding pass. So instead of showing the boarding pass to the nice lady letting you on the airplane, you show her that you've got your safety bracelet appropriately strapped to yourself. It'll also contain personal information about you, be able to monitor the whereabouts of you and your luggage, and, of course, shock the wearer on command, completely (laughs) immobilizing him or her for several minutes. The elect. There are a lot of people have been uh, hurt and and some people killed by these tasers that they have out there. Yep. They you know the the idea is is they're non-lethal and largely they are non-lethal. However, they can have permanent uh, effects on people and and they can kill. Well, we know that the uh, the police departments have been misusing their taser weapons. The original intent was that they only be used in a situation wherein the officer was experiencing a um a level of potential harm to himself that he needs to respond with potentially lethal force. And the idea was the taser was to replace the gun. I mean, not to replace it, but they still have the gun, but in the instance that they would like to keep the uh, assailant or suspect alive, they are to tase the person instead of actually shooting them. So the idea was to save lives with the taser. So instead of shooting, you're supposed to hit them with the taser and you know keep them alive to see another day. We've seen the police departments have been abusing the taser. They've been pulling it out on people just to get them to follow orders uh, in the the method of pain compliance, as it has been called. And so one wonders uh, in what ways this electronic bracelet 
uh, security bracelet or whatever is going to be misused. I mean, the idea that it even is going to exist is quite frightening. I mean, hello, police state. What more do you need to know? The government wants to outfit every single person with one of these bracelets. I mean, at least with the taser, you have to have a suspect before you can even pull the taser out. In this case, everyone is a suspect. Everyone has to wear this bracelet if they want to participate in flying across from one point to another. Would you say that this uh, constitutes cruel and unusual punishment? I think it's, uh, well, I mean, if they don't, I guess wearing the bracelet is kind of punishment, right? You're being punished for taking an airline flight, I suppose. Well, what about, now, who's going to push the button to zap you, the airlines or the TSA? That's a good question. Maybe the story will illuminate I wouldn't imagine that. the airlines even qualified to do such a thing. The electronic ID bracelet, as it's referred to, would be worn by every traveler until they disembark the flight at their destination. Yes, you read that correctly. Every airline passenger would be tracked by a government-funded GPS containing personal, private, and confidential information and would shock the customer worse than an electronic dog collar if the passenger got out of line. Clearly, the electronic ID bracelet is a euphemism for the EMD safety bracelet, or at least it has a nefarious hidden ability. EMD stands for electromuscular disruption. Again, according to the promotional video, the bracelet can completely immobilize the wearer for several minutes. So is the government really that interested in this bracelet? Apparently so. According to a letter from DHS official bureaucrat Paul Ruwalt of the Science and Technology Directorate, Office of Research and Development, which was written or which was written to the inventor whom he had previously met, to make it clear we the federal government are interested in the immobilizing security bracelet and look forward to receiving a written proposal. So the gears are in motion for this. Yeah, but Ian, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. I understand that, Wayne. No, I, I, dis- I disagree. Um, now, what, what does wrong constitute? I mean, if somebody's talking loud, perhaps they're upset about something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're talking to the, uh, the ticket agent or uh, a TSA person. Will they shock that person? My question is, is if, Lower I would, your voice, citizen. if I had this shock bracelet on a year ago when I had my problem with the TSA. Ooh, yeah, where they surrounded you? Right, where they surrounded me because I, um, I had an ID that was out of date and I didn't want to get patted down by some, you know, b- m- m- molesting bureaucrat, mm-hmm. <laughs> would they have shocked me in co- into compliance? I mean, they, they certainly uh, were ready at that point to, um, you know, do what it took to get me to comply. They had like nine uh, officers of some uh, varying different stripes right. surrounding me and a dog. Well, and what if I they, didn't do anything wrong. And what if they dial in on the wrong bracelet? <laughs> What if what if they zap the wrong person? Yeah, that's, that's going to happen more more often. Um, oh yeah. And, and the thing is, is when when you're talking about, uh, there's probably a lot more little old ladies uh, riding airplanes than there are little old ladies that get tased by the police. Does that make sense to you? Okay. That the people that, yeah. that get tased by police generally are not octogenarians. Sure. Um, if if something goes wrong and one of these octogenarians get get zapped, and I'm not saying you know for whatever reason they zap this octogenarian, they're like to kill him. Yeah, and there'll be no liability. I mean, whoever the government bureaucrat was that actually pressed the button that resulted in that person's death will probably not be really seriously disciplined, as we've seen time after time. They were just doing their job. But to go back to the issue, Wayne, about, you know, well, if you don't have anything to hide or if you're not doing anything wrong, then what's the big deal? Yeah, that's the Bill O'Reilly argument, by the way. Well, and and that's and, and Mark asked the right question. That is, well, define wrong. I mean, the, the government people define wrong as anything that's illegal or anything that we disagree with. I mean, it doesn't even have to necessarily be illegal, as you said. Mark, if you are causing a ruckus, raising your voice too loud, doing something the bureaucrats just don't like, 
then that would qualify as wrong enough for them to hit the shock button on one of these tasers. And, I mean, just the idea that this is being proposed is, you wouldn't have thought that it could have come to this so quickly, but here we are, right on the brink of shock collars for everybody. Of course, it won't be around your neck to begin with, right? They'll just put it around you. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter what body part it's around. It certainly seems more draconian if it's around your neck, but the thing's going to shock you wherever it is, whether it's on your ankle or your wrist or wherever. It sounds like more airlines are going to go bankrupt because a lot of people are not going to want to wear these things. There's no way I'm flying anywhere. If something like this goes into effect... I can't imagine any reason that would ever get me on an airplane. I'll, if I need to go over to another continent, I'll take a boat. This is crazy. It's crazy. Nuts. Uh, a little bit more from the story here from the Washington Times. The letterhead is from a Department of Homeland Security official. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They're getting a written proposal from the company as far as what it's going to cost to get these things. In another part of the letter, the bureaucrat confirmed it is conceivable to envision a use to improve air security on passenger planes. Would every paying airline passenger flying on a commercial airplane be mandated to wear one of these devices, says the article uh, writer? He says, I cringe at the thought. Not only could it be used as a physical restraining device, but also as a method of interrogation, according to the same aforementioned letter from the bureaucrat. Would you let them put one of those on your wrist? Would you allow the airline employees, which would be mandated by the government, to place such a bracelet on any member of your family? Why are tax dollars being spent on something like this, he asks. Is this a police state, or is this America? What I want to know is, does anyone even have to ask that question anymore? Are you somebody who really still doesn't think that we live in a police state? 1-800-259-9231. Can you defend this collaring of the American people? Shock collars, shock bracelets for every airline traveler? It's coming soon. Just wait. It's Free Sick. Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, including the bulletin board system. Over 350,000 posts await you. Lots to talk about. From serious issues to fun stuff, you'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com, and it's totally free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And what if a socialist became president of the United States of America? President Barack Obama, John McCain, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. 800-259-9231. A little bit more on this story out of the Washington Times about allegations suggesting that the Department of Homeland Security is looking into shock collars, or I guess they won't be worn as collars, they'll be shock bracelets, essentially, that could possibly be uh, forced upon every single airline traveler in the United States. The Washington Times is, cl- is claiming they've got letters or a letter from a DHS official saying they're looking into this, that they're looking for a written proposal from the company creating uh, these bracelets. And the company itself has a vision where every single airline passenger is made to wear one of these shock bracelets. Well, we got a, a response from another Department of Homeland Security bureaucrat here in a moment, but first let's go to your phone calls. 
and talk to Larry in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live, Larry. Larry, Indy, going Hello? once. Hello, Larry. Yes. Um, here. On those bracelets, I wouldn't uh, be too afraid as long as I had somebody on board that had a stick of Wrigley's gum or something similar with a uh, nice foil wrapper on it. What would that do? Well, in order to get any kind of electric shock, you need two uh, two contact points on your wrist. If you've got a uh, piece of aluminum foil or another uh, way to directly short the thing out, you're not going to get shocked. Yeah, I was. I, that was one of the things I was going to point out is there's going to be some kind of... Uh, a workaround? Know, yeah, there's going to be... Somebody's going to invent some kind of, I don't know, fake skin, plastic skin or something that you can put on. Put, put on. Which, of course, all the terrorists will find out about right. and utilize. Well, but the CSA will just ban gum, too. Mm. Yeah, well, then, then they'll want the direct chip implant. Yeah. Kind of, kind of similar to what they did on uh, Escape from New York with uh, you know, Kurt Russell's character. Um, That's a great movie. I just movie. want to bring up something, though, that does really scare me. That doesn't scare me quite so much, even though you got to consider who it is that's bringing this stuff into this country. The head of the Homeland Gestapo is a KGB Zionist named Mikey Chertov. That's why they're setting up concentration camps all over the country and turning this place into the friendly police state that uh, he came from. But... Uh, People aren't paying attention to what's happening with uh, Russia. Russia has uh, resumed flying their backfire bombers over the North Pole, and they've been very specific with regard to attacking Iran. Uh, the Zionists at the same time are trying to ramp up this next What is war. a Zionist? I mean, I've heard people use that term before, and I don't really know what it means. What, what is that? Well, if you go back to 1776 and Albert Pike, um, there is a big difference between real Hebrew-speaking, Torah-worshipping Jews and the Ashkenazi Talmud-worshipping, T-A-L-M-U-D, that's a satanic doctrine. Everybody out there, Google it and find this out. Talmud-worshipping Yiddish Eastern European communist. So you're Jews. saying they're satanic Jewish people? Is that what you're saying? The doctrine of the Talmud is satanic. It is as anti-Christian as you can get. It is as far from, you know, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, as you can get. The Talmud is the key. Now, what makes them such bad guys? I mean, what's wrong? I mean, the Satanists aren't necessarily bad guys. Satanists aren't bad guys. From well, what I, I understand about the Satan, the that. Satanist religion, it actually doesn't have anything to do with Satan, and it has more to do with uh, I don't I don't really know too much about it, but it's not the worship of Satan. So maybe it's a different. If you research the Talmud, it basically says that you know this particular group is able to use the rest of the human race as cattle. Uh, I mean, we're talking about such things, guys, as you know, sexual molestation of you know girls as young as three years old is okay. So who are the Zionists? (laughs) Now, a friend of mine's an Ashkenazi Jew, um, and I haven't seen him molest anybody, and I really don't get the impression he's not sacrificing goats. No, he doesn't want to take over the world. It 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 really doesn't seem that way to me. You know, I think again, you're going to have good and bad people in all groups. That's right. So Uh, so why create groups? Beg your pardon. Why create a group like the Zionists, if or the Ashkenazi Jews, or why create those groups? Why not? um, I mean, you know. If those if those groups contain if those races contain people that are both good and bad, let me, let me, like let any me other race my, does. Before before I get cut off here, the point I was trying to make was if we attack Iran, Russia is going to nuke this country. Now, in addition to attacking Iran, we're also not exactly making them feel very friendly with what we've done over in Czechoslovakia and Poland with this supposed uh, nuclear missile shield. This is something that people really have to understand. Russia is serious. Uh, 
You know, we have fought wars for the Zionists, which if you research Albert Pike, you know, he's this is the guy that said that we will bring in three world wars to bring in the uh, the New World Order. The third will be between the political Zionists and the Arabs. He said this also, in 1776? In 1776. Is he like Nostradamus? <laughs> Research that, Albert who, Pike. Uh, who are the Zionists? I mean, I know you're saying they're Jewish people that worship Satan, but who are they? I'm How like, do I find one? I yeah. do not call them Jewish. If you research Revelation 2, verse 9, it says, I know of the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews, but do lie. Real Orthodox Jewish people don't support homosexuality. The ADL, B'nai B'rith, and other Zionists do. There, is, there are two so groups wait, so that what are is, wait, What do gay Jewish? people have anything to do with this? Sorry? What do gay, why are you bringing gay people into this? Why are you, are you a homophobe? Why are you distracting from this ideology that I'm trying to I'm just wondering what gay people have anything to do with this. I mean, are you saying they're I'm, part I'm of the Zionist plot? I'm trying to say that plot? there are two politically distinctly different groups that call themselves Jews. Okay. Okay. Are, I think we got that. Okay. But well, wait. the ADL and others, most the of them aren't even some Semites. Do you understand what a Semite is? A Semite is somebody who's a negative... Born I, I don't really region. concern myself with all these religious matters. I just, you Semite's know, judge, not even religious, I judge special. people based on, uh, you know, who they are and what they do. And it doesn't matter to me what God they, uh, you know, presume to worship or what, uh, you know, ceremonies they attend. What matters to me is the end result of what their belief system is and what it is that they want. If they're somebody who calls themselves a Jewish person or Christian or an atheist and they want to control the lives of other people, then I will oppose them. Them. If there's somebody that respects the uh, freedom of others to choose for themselves and won't aggress on their neighbors, then they are my friends. I don't care what their religion and is, and I don't really see what the relevance of it all anybody is. Anybody worshiping the Talmud? I don't know, man. As long as what you, you just said, you would oppose anybody that worships and follows the Talmud. I'll take your word for it on that one. Well, check it out. Don't take my word for I've it. I've got better Find things to do. Talmud really, is. I've got better things to do than research religions, man. Oh, I can tell you that. Sure, you, you do. You know, yeah. there was a video on YouTube. Free I talk saw. live, folks. Oh, yeah. Well, was, anyway, what? listen, there was, there was a video on YouTube. Wait, while have you not I been saw. allowed to talk? I'm sorry. I mean, the, the fact that we're not... Wait you're, a second. Wait, should we, go, here, though, we sir. choose not uh, to... Uh, should we go... And, is key to understanding the two different groups. But I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I just care about individuals you and what they chose. You don't care which group is trying to choose. get this country involved in World War III and is killing our kids for their causes. Well, All I, I know sure is the group you. that's doing that is in Washington, D.C. Yeah, they call themselves... Who white people? They call themselves Republicans and Democrats. Abrams. Chair Just a bunch of goons to me, sir. They don't mean anything to me. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I judge people based Bush? on their individual choices. More coming up Cheney? is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Well, now you can purchase knobs 
pulls, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's Internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, pulls, and more. All at Internobs.com. All right, so let me jump back real quick to the shock collar or the shock bracelet story from the Washington Times, which I figured was a you know pretty good source, Washington Times, relatively respected, I guess, within the news news media. Well, according to uh, Michael Hampton at HomelandStupidity.us, uh, he received a response in regards to the story from a Department of Homeland Security spokes bureaucrat who claims that the uh, the allegations about the shock callers are false. Uh, he says. That they are not looking into this for airline passengers. Uh, they are saying that hypothetically they were considering them for apprehended prisoners and detainees at prisons and border patrol facilities. Why would the TSA be looking at that? And what well, was the Department of Homeland Security okay. that was looking at it? The D Department of Homeland Security was looking to see if there were potential air travel applications for apprehended suspects. So. So one side of the government is saying, because I'm looking at this PDF file that the Washington Times posted from a different Department of Homeland Security bureaucrat saying, yes, they are interested in a proposal on this, and they are interested in looking at the technology, to another one saying, well, we're only considering it for prisoners. Well, now, I, I, you know, I, I hesitate to believe them. Right, I don't yeah. believe them either. And you know, one side saying one thing which is vague and the other side is saying, well, we didn't mean to take it that far. But what we know about government programs is that they always grow and they expand. So maybe it is true. Maybe it's true that uh, DHS was only really considering controlling uh suspects, controlling, you know, people that they're transporting from one prison to the other or something like that. In which case, you know, that kind of makes sense. You want to make sure those guys are uh, not able to hurt somebody uh but the, the way government programs work is are they going to be in chains though when they're transporting them you'd think that'd be enough but i mean yeah. you know the fact that they're you know, not seat belted in and in chains and if there's a wreck you know i mean it, it seems like there's a there's enough problems going on with these guys how many guys really escape from the the belly chain the handcuffs <laughs> and the shackles yeah. and then the chain runs from the belly chain to the shackles i mean the how guys many get times, out of, right how many times does the movie con air actually occur in real life uh, so, but, but all that aside, Mark, even if they had just implemented this for criminals only for, uh, for transporting so-called criminals, then what we understand about government programs is they always grow beyond their original scope. So somebody can create the intention for the government program, but eventually that person goes away and the program is administrated by bureaucrats who have a different vision in mind. And the new people that are elected to office also have a different vision for what the program should expand to uh, to cover. So it may very well start by uh, just using these for transporting criminals. And then somebody could very easily get it into their head that says, hey, you know, this could really help keep passenger help make passengers feel safer. Yeah, and that's called, what they were promoting. It's called mission creep, and that's normally how they institute these things, is they tell the public it's only going to be for these bad criminals right. and whoever they deem um, unhuman. Uh, and then eventually it creeps into uh, everyday people. Well, just like how the Social Security number was originally not intended for identification purposes, and now it's all over the place for an identification purpose. So you can go down the list of government programs and find example after example of how a government program has expanded beyond its original purview. And it would not be hard because the, the company that is creating these is already marketing this idea to the government saying, hey, if you put this on every passenger, 
passenger, then that would help them feel more safe. And that's what they want to do, right? They want the passengers to feel safer. Even though they're not actually any safer, they want them to feel that way. And that's why this whole security theater thing is going on. And, of course, they want to control you as well. Well, I was at a... uh, a I hesitate to call it a party, uh, a get-together before the show here um, at, a, at a neighbor's house. Okay. And I was, you know, they, they asked me what I was going to talk about on the air, and I mentioned this story. And lo and behold, there was a woman there at the party that thought... Good idea. It was a good idea. Oh, my. So uh, the fact is, there are people out there right now that are of the opinion that this is a good idea. Wow. Um, These are the same people that would think, you know, lie detector tests for every passenger would be a good idea, and bomb sniffing checks, and you they know, know the they're the, machines. They know that they're part of the righteous crowd. So, you know, what what do they possibly have to worry about? Yeah. Obviously, this woman, um, you know, she appeared to be about my age, and obviously, she's never had any real run-in with the government because she believes right. the government can solve problems. But I'll tell you what, it scares the bejesus out of me—the idea that uh, the government would be in- administering uh, any program that you know like this. And, and I don't care. I think they can handle the convicts just fine in belly chains, shackles. I don't think they need these shock collars. Oh, it's they've been handling them fine up until this point. And, and again, where's the rash of breakouts? Yeah, that's right. And what were all the uh, uh, events, all these incidences happening on planes now? There haven't there hasn't been a hijacking nope. in how long since nine eleven? Pretty time. much. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, how long was it before that, um, before the first uh, World Trade Center bombing? You know, I mean, they, they, they it's, you know, it takes a, it's, it's a long time between these these incidents. Also, back to what our other caller was uh, talking about. If you want to continue the discussion on the uh, the shock bracelets, you're welcome to dial in at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Then we had this Larry Cat call in and start talking about the Zionist thing. And people have mentioned the Zionist thing in the past. I know I've asked about it before. I just... I must not be retaining the information very effectively because, well, as I said, it doesn't matter. A Zion, to me. it refers to Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. That's another word for Jerusalem. It's also the Jerusalem. city in the Matrix where they're trying to go to. Right. Right. Well, it's the the big holy land, so okay. Jerusalem. You know, it's it's yeah. it's the center of the spiritual universe, right? Zion's the center of the world. That's that's the idea. So Zionists um, traditionally were it was it was people that supported the reinstatement of a. Um, is of Israel that you know there should be a Jewish state and I you know I don't know what I think about that it doesn't matter at this point what I think about uh, mm-hmm. politics that took place 60 70 80 years ago it doesn't seem to me that it was uh, the greatest idea in the world to you know carve this uh, piece out of the uh, Ottoman Emp- the failed Ottoman Empire or whatever but you know it's done, and the, you can't you can't exactly kick these people off their land any more than you can kick all the white people off the land and give it back to the Indians. Which Indians? Who, the ancestors of whom? You know that kind of thing. So, I I, I think that Israel deserves to exist. Somebody who, um, by my definition of what a Zionist would be today, would be somebody who supports uh, the policy of Israel over everyone else. And essentially, they would support the United States government uh, giving money to Israel. And a Zionist inside our government would support the money giving of money to uh, Israel. And I think that that should be done away with. There should be no money going from the United States to Israel or any other country, for that matter. It's true. Um, the, the United States citizens do not deserve to be taxed um, so that their money can be given away to some foreign government. That is wrong, as far as I'm concerned. You know, also, I saw a really interesting video on YouTube about a year or two ago. There were a whole gang of Hasidic Jews who were actually protesting Zionism right in New York City, and they got in heated arguments with other Jewish people walking by. I mean, it was really um, telling. I mean, 
I, I don't know much about it either. I've, I've heard the term used, and I understand that some people don't like uh, the Zionist um, right. ideals. Well, my, my concern is is that um, a, a, it seems like a large number of people out there that are anti-Zionist are, in fact, just anti-Jewish. Sure. Um, or they believe that there's a Jewish conspiracy to, ro- to rule the world or something like that. And to me, that just sounds like paranoid nonsense. Yeah, it goes too far. I, I mean, believe me. Every race of people wants somebody in that race of people wants to rule the world, and the Jews have not been any more successful at that than anyone else. I'll grant you that certainly that some Jews are up in the banking industries and things like that, and certainly banking industries dangerous for economies. But they, I don't think they no no they don't rule the world. I'm sorry. And also, uh, he seemed to be somewhat afraid of the idea that you know suggesting that Satanists were bad guys. And when you talk about the word Satanist, you have to break it down into categories. And according to Wikipedia, there are two types of uh, Satanists out there. One is the Levian Satanist, and the other is the Theistic Satanist. And the Levian Satanists are probably the more widely known Satanists. And I they don't know don't, that that's true. They don't worship Satan. The, and no. the theistic ones do. Most people believe that uh, a Satanist is a theistic sa- Satanist. Understood. But we've got to make sure that's clear. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. 41-plus categories to shop in, new items, used items, whatever it is that you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut. If you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com, Julia just picked up a uh, chest freezer for the household here, needing uh, a little bit more freezer space. And we got one uh, black Nice Frigidaire chest freezer on Amazon for like 259 bucks. Hmm. Not too shabby. So you can get virtually anything you need from appliances to electronics to clothing. It's all there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Since we're talking religions, those crazy kooky religions. Oh, good. Here's a story for you from ABC News. Will the world end in 2012? Thousands worldwide prepare Wait, for the apocalypse. I, I, I have an answer. No. Uh-huh. You going to put money on that one, yeah. Mark? <laughs> me too. I'll Please. put money on it. <laughs> Two years ago, Patrick... But Jer- anybody who uh, makes a bet with me has to have the... Uh, you know, we're going to put that money into bond. Uh, that money is going to go be set aside, and uh, you can then collect after the that date they, can't they pick. Right. That makes sense. What about if we all die? Well, then... <laughs> Why would they bet? <laughs> they, they have nothing to lose. Their money will be gone at that point. Why not bet me? Two years ago, Patrick Gerald, then 51, quit his job as a laboratory worker for a French oil company. He'd saved up just enough money to last him till December 2012. After that, he thought he wouldn't need it anyway. Instead, Gerald, a soft-spoken man who had studied chemistry in his younger years, started preparing for the apocalypse. He founded a survival group for like-minded men and women, aimed at living through the catastrophe he knew was coming. He started gathering materials necessary to... Don't you want to die when the apocalypse uh, apocalypse comes? Maybe I just don't know enough about it. Mark is the resident uh, guy that's read the Bible several times. Don't you want to die? Because doesn't that mean you're getting taken to the, the We're heaven We're talking about Christianity here? I guess. Uh, you know, the, the stories vary from uh, person to person and, uh, you know, uh, doctrine to doctrine. But uh, What's th- your understanding? Jesus will come and then there'll be people left. 
uh, you know, the, the Christians will shoot through the roof. You know, that it says, right. that, uh, you know, in event of the rapture, this car will be unoccupied. And I love the bumper sticker that says, in the event of the rapture, can I have your car? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Um, the, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, so they'll shoot through the, the roof. I don't know whether. So that's instantaneous. Right. But there'll be people left, and then you'll have the tri- time of tribulation where that's the, when the number of the beast comes on your hand. Some religions will tell you that that is, in fact, now. Um, that we are experiencing the times of tribulation now, but um, but what about the whole lifting up to the sky thing? They're saying that's already happened. That's what they would. Have Some said. people are saying that's yeah. that's happened. Yeah, I believe that the uh, well, Jehovah's Witnesses that. believe that that happened somewhere well, in the early uh, 1900s. Well, Jerry Falwell just died a little while ago. Did he go? <laughs> Must have happened. <laughs> well, according to this guy, uh, he started gathering materials necessary to survive. Water purifiers, wheelbarrows with spare tires, dust masks, and vegetable seats. His list of survival goods runs 11 pages long. Gerald told ABC News from his home in Belgium, You have to understand, there will be nothing. Nothing left. We will have to start an entire civilization from scratch. And how does he know this? That's because Gerald believes the world as we know it will end in 2012. He points to the ancient Mayan uh, cyclical calendars, the longest of which last renewed itself approximately 5,125 years ago, and is set to end again, supposedly with catastrophic consequences in 2012. He speaks of the ancient Egyptians, who he claims saw 2012 as a year of great change too. And he points to science. NASA predicts a sharp increase in the number of sunspots and sun flares for 2012, he said sure to cause electrical failures and satellite disruptions. All this adds up, says Gerald, to unprecedented catastrophe. Like the white k bug. First, a polar reversal will cause the north to become the south and the sun to rise in the west, shattering earthquakes, massive tidal waves, and simultaneous volcanic eruptions will follow. Nuclear reactors will melt, buildings will crumble, and a cloud of volcanic dust will block out the sun for 40 years. Only the prepared will survive, said Gerald, and not even all of them. But well, the ancient Mayans knew this. That's right. It, well, let's separate this from the Y2K bug for a minute, because the Y2K <laughs> bug was a problem. However, they spent hundreds of billions of dollars to fix the problem. The free market fixed that problem. It's true. Whereas this is just speculation. Now, there's also some people who believe in Planet X. Have you heard of that one? No. What's that? that? that there's actually another planet in our solar system that has an elliptical orbit, and it comes around. Would it crash every, into us? Well, it, what it does, it comes by so closely that it causes a, a massive disruptions on Earth, supposedly. And and that has they discovered it in the 80s. Some astronomers yeah. discovered it. It's been reclassified as an extra ne- ne- um, Neptune, Neptunian body. It's not a planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that mean it's a, a moon or something? It's a body. It's a body that that rotates our in our solar system, but a much much wider swath, I guess. Why are they calling orbit. it Neptunian? Does it mean it was a part of Neptune at one no, point? No, it's, it's uh, extra Neptunian or whatever. I, I mean, I have that word wrong, I'm okay. sure, but it's outside of um, Neptune is really the idea. Pluto's been downgraded too. Pluto, and that's also Pluto is not a planet. That's also due to pass, as they say, around 2012. Well, these oh, may... I, you know the, the person to, uh, to to keep a tabs on this with is uh, Art Bell. You should uh, listen to the Arpel show. Isn't He'll he, tell you about it. About I don't it. think he's on the air anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. He does weekend shows. Sporadically. I think they're playing like the best of Arpel yeah. from the 1990s. Yeah, I don't in think fact, he's it's crack pottery. That's what it is. <laughs> well, there's more. Uh, this may sound like the ravings of a madman, uh-huh. says ABC News, or perhaps the head of a small apocalyptic sect, but Gerald is not the only one who believes in the apocalypse. 
Thousands of people worldwide seem to be preparing in one way or another for the end days in 2012. Survival groups exist in Europe, Canada, and the United States. A simple Google search for 2012 and the end of the world brings up nearly 300,000 hits. And the video-sharing website YouTube hosts more than 65,000 clips informing and warning viewers about their fate in 2012. Mark Van Stone, specialist of Maya hieroglyphic writings and author of the forthcoming book on 2012, mm. says it's bigger than Y2K. He's probably been on the Art Bell Show. Uh, the year <laughs> is like a pop song or popular movie. If you type in 2012, you get hundreds of thousands of hits. Dennis McClung, 28, project manager for Home Depot, runs one of the websites dedicated to 2012. I'm sure Home Depot appreciates that mention. An online survival supply store which sells gas masks, knife kits, bulletproof vests, and more. McClung says, I'm not a firm believer but in one specific prophecy, but I think we ought to be prepared for anything. Even with December 2000... And you can get your preparations at Home Depot. (laughs) Still four and a half years away, he says business is booming. His website, which features an official 2012 countdown clock and exhorts customers to be smart, be ready, averages several thousand visitors a week. What is this uh, uh, crazy website of his? It is 2012supplies.com. McClung's bestsellers, he said, are emergency medical supplies and water purifiers. He says, I get a lot of hits from India and the Netherlands, but my number one customer is the United States. After yeah, all, that's because they have more money and, uh, and they're uh, you know, deeply, deeply religious and they believe this kind of nonsense. Uh, one of these customers is Thomas Lehman, a 25-year-old factory worker from Cape Girard, Missouri. Only 1,625 days, 5 hours, 4 minutes and 39 seconds until... 2012. Is it a crazy, rambling, long website, Mark? No, no, it's it's a you know stuff for sale website. Okay, it's got uh, here you can get a, a survival knife that apparently comes with a compass. Um, you can get one of those uh, radios that you can crank, which I think are pretty cool, mind you. I, I don't think yeah. that any of these things are necessarily bad to have. I've got <laughs> the, one of those crank radios. Magnesium fire starter. If the power goes out, man, you might need to start a fire. Um, the the the, the pre prepared meals. Look, I'm not saying that you'll never need one of these pre-prepared meals yeah, in your basement. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you that. The gas. The gas mask. I'm a little weird. Concerned <laughs> with. Yeah. What, what's that for? But the generator. There's a portable, ultra portable, 1,000 watt generator. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy gonna, a generator. What are you gonna run it on? Well, um, uh, hopefully fuel. It, you'd be. It'd be for a short period of time, but. Who knows how long, you know, this is going to Yeah, I mean, last. this one guy's saying it's going to be 40 years. Well, uh, you know, if it's 40 hours, you'll be fine with the generator. Right. <laughs> Lehman said uh, he started researching 2012 when he was 12 years old. He's now 25. You and can get the, uh, that Mayan calendar and a T-shirt, too. He still cool. spends about two hours. You might as well spend all your money. I mean, if you believe the world's going to end in 2012, then buy all the damn shirts you want, because it doesn't matter, right? Send it to Free Talk Live. Have what, your money? Too. Yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, he's Because we don't believe it's going to end. <laughs> this guy still spends about two hours a day reading about the topic, both online and in books. He said he's saving money for survival gear. What is it that, I mean, if you believe it's going to happen, what else do you need to know? What do you have to research at that point? Well, you have to be able to convince other people. It sounds like these people are acutely afraid to die. Well, I guess, yeah. Bulletproof um, vest. But don't they think that there's something? <laughs> don't they think there's something on the other side, Wayne? Like if they can get through this, that there's some sort of reward waiting for them? Isn't that kind of the idea? You mean like eighty virgins? 
Well, I don't know exactly what it is that they have in mind. I, you know, I haven't read any of their documentation, but some of them believe they're going to get taken right away. But these other guys obviously believe they have to get through some sort of tribulation prior to the heavenly rewards. Uh, there's a little bit more to this story about uh, the nutty folks that believe the world's going to end in four and a half years. We'll find out a little bit more about some of them here in moments. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and maybe you're one of them. Maybe you believe the end of the world is near. Share your beliefs with us. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. As we launch here in hour number two of the program, again, that toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We uh, started last hour talking about these people who I guess they hold a variety of religious beliefs, but many of them all converge uh, to believing the same thing about the year 2012. Uh, A lot of people out there are preparing for the end of the world. According to ABC News, at least, who has uh, interviewed a number of these crackpot kooks, uh, saying things about how they believe that the Mayans, the Mayans predicted this way, way back. And if you look at the Mayan calendar and blah, blah, blah. In fact, we'll check with a uh, Mayan expert here in a moment. But some of the amateurs, uh, here's one of them, a 25-year-old man who says he spends at least a couple hours a day researching uh, the topic of the world ending in 2012, also runs his own website. If I believe that the world is going to end in 2012... I wouldn't be spending a couple of hours a day researching. If this stuff does happen, he says, I have to have a way to eat. I can hunt, fish, and purify water. I think it's the people in the big cities that need to be worried. People that can't provide for themselves. But for all the hype, there's little evidence the ancient Maya ever intended for the end of their calendar to be read as a portent for disaster. According to Stephen Houston, professor of anthropology at Brown University and specialist in Maya hieroglyphic, hieroglyphic writing, he says, These prophecies of doom really don't have any basis in what we know about the Maya. The Maya descriptions barely even talk about this event. Instead, he said, the Maya saw their... So they did, do talk about it. He said they saw their long count, the longest of their cyclical calendars, coming to an end in 2012, but also beginning anew on that same date, without disastrous consequences. He says, really, it's a conversion of people's anxieties about our times and finding some remote mythological precedent or prediction of it. Houston said about I some... I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, they, people have been predicting the end of the world for the 
I mean, the long, the longest as long as time. there's been a world. Yeah, as long as mankind has been around. There was yep. some lady out on the Central Square here in Keene uh, last year saying the world was going to end in May. And uh, or July, I think. I guess she was wrong, or maybe she was yeah. off by four years. And if the world it, is really going to end, do you think that digging a little hole and living in a cave is going to help you? <laughs> yeah, if the world is going to end, you don't know the date. I swear. Really, it's a conversion, uh, says the people of anxieties. He says, people like to believe that ancient wisdom is somehow predicting this time of upheaval. A professor of sociology at the University of California, Davis, who's writing a book on the history of apocalyptic ideas, agreed. He said, movements predicting the end of the world often reflect a much larger nervousness about the state of our society. Terrorism, 9-11, ecological disasters, floods and earthquakes. There's a sense that modern civilization has had its run. Those kinds of anxieties are much more widely shared than people among than simply among people who believe in the exact date to one of the believers mr lehman though those very events are warnings of what's to come he says we had hurricane katrina the recent cyclone in myanmar we've got major flooding in iowa well we've always had these things it's just that news is better now you just didn't know when the cyclones hit myanmar he says well now he does admit he says we're always going to have natural disasters but he says they're picking up quite frequently now that's because you hear about them now Lehman said he hoped to move away from Cape Girardeau, built on the banks of the Mississippi River, to the higher plains of southwest Missouri to keep safe from the floods, sure to follow the earthquakes of 2012. Yep, dying to get to southwest Missouri. Do you think think there's a fantasy within these people to think, oh, all these people in the world are going to be killed and we're going to have the earth all to ourselves? I don't know what they think. They haven't really explained that. I was hoping a virus would come through and kill all the men. (laughs) All except for you, you mean? Yeah, everybody but me. There you go. Gerald and his Belgian, this is another crackpot, Gerald and his Belgian and Dutch followers have similar, similar intentions, though their plan will take them much farther from home. They're looking to buy a plot of land high up in African mountains where they'll be able to withstand the monstrous tidal waves and wait out the cloud of volcanic dust that they said would block out the sun. Not only do they know that the world's going to end, but they know how it's going to end. There's going to be a yeah. cloud of volcanic dust. Right. Now, what are you going to have that's going to protect you from the cloud of volcanic dust, exactly? Is that gas mask filter going to last you for 40 years? How long is that going to settle around? How long are you going to have to deal sure. with that? And how are you going to grow these plants with these seeds if there's no sunlight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gerald said the group has recently zeroed in on a location, but he won't reveal his find for fear of tipping off rival survival groups. What, they can't all work together? Don't you think if people were working together, they'd come up with more effective solutions here? Lack mentality, man. Yeah, but what I mean, about, what they, about they all? They it's, it's a natural human reaction is to believe that, uh, you know, that, that there's a situation of lack occurring and... You know, they're just, they're fabricating what it takes in order for them to to have a real lack uh, mentality going. Yeah, but what about all those really rich, powerful people who have bunkers underground? They'll Apparently, be, they'll be okay. They'll be okay, yeah. Gerald's group, uh, whose core membership consists of 16 people, but whose wait list supposedly lists hundreds, will build concrete dwellings or outfit caves for survival. As the cloud after the cloud clears, Gerald said they'll attempt to create a new, better civilization. A guiding principle will be to keep the world population as small as possible, so as to not get into the same problems we face now. He yep. says, "Yeah, zero populationist." Yeah, he says there's too little oil, too little grain in the world now. Mm, those lack, are the lack, lack. Those are the kinds of problems we want to avoid. One of the group's members, uh, Jan, a 57-year-old carpenter from Amsterdam, whose name has been changed because he doesn't want to be identified in the press. Well, why not? Why not stand up proudly and 
you know, announce your beliefs to the world. I don't know. I, I don't see any advantage to him standing up. He recently drove five hours to attend one of Mr. Gerald's meetings in Antwerp. He says, I thought if there's a chance that we can start a new civilization, I want to contribute. Because whether I make it or not, and there's only a small chance I will, this is important. He, who has never been married and has no children, said he's lost friends over 2012. Surprise. He said, all the people I've ever told about this have declared me crazy. It <laughs> makes people feel uncomfortable. Now <laughs> I just keep it to myself. Best. Gerald yeah. said he found comfort in sharing his knowledge with others since discovering what the future holds. He's written three books on 2012 and maintains a website on the subject. Here you go, Mark. You ready? HowToSurvive2012.com. We'll look into that here in a moment, see uh, what sort of interesting tips Mr. Gerald has for us. When asked what would happen if December 2012 were to come and go without the earthquakes and tsunamis of his predictions, Gerald fell silent. So how He's, does he know it's, it's December and not March or another month? Well, no, I think th- I don't know if they know exactly what month it is going to be. I think the question that was asked of him was, well, if the end of December comes, if 2012 finishes... Then how are you going to feel? Stupid. And he says, I don't really contemplate that possibility. My predictions are so spectacular, they can't possibly be wrong. Incredible. Oh, boy. <laughs> Idiot. So his website, again, uh, he, he says he can't possibly be wrong. His website, howtosurvive2012.com. Again, we'll dig in, maybe find some interesting gems to share with you here on the air. 800-259-9231. How do you feel about this? Are you a believer? Are you somebody who's preparing for the worst in 2012? Or are you like me in 2012? going to be another year. It'd probably be a good year, as a matter of fact, because uh, technology continues to double, roughly double its capacity in a year's time. And so by 2012, we'll have uh, amazingly fast Internet and more wonderful technology at our hands. And who knows, maybe uh, maybe New Hampshire will have seceded by then. And then we'll all die. Die, die. <laughs> now, Mark, what's this lack mentality you're talking about? It's interesting to me, and I think I have an idea of what you're talking well, about. Well, you know, just that people believe that they don't have enough there's of something. There's a shortage. There's, there's, it's something. Something mm. is a shortage. Of and, X, oil, and, and or I whatever. Think that this, it's it's a very you know this sort of hoarding mentality you know that it goes along with that idea. I gotta get mine. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a very good human trait when humans were you know scavengers who would mm-hmm. bust the skulls on of um, on uh, you know dead beasts in order to get the you know the brains out of it that the predator that had killed it had left. But you know now not so much. We're not lacking things, and I swear it's it's good. It's good to have canned food around. It's it's not a bad idea. To to have some things and yeah. be ready for a disaster. I don't. I think your flashlight should have batteries in them. I, th- I think you yeah. should have a few things, but you know, to to be planning for the world ending and on December two thousand twelve, yeah, mm, little nutty. The only areas, if you look, you'll see the the only areas in the economy where a shortage could be a problem are usually the most regulated areas by the government. Mm, that's uh, true. Animals, for instance, you know the idea of extinction that there are so many animals that are running on the verge of becoming extinct. Well, the fact is, government prohibits people from owning those extinct animals and and, if, and breeding them. And when you think about, for, for instance, the advice I was given when I was buying property in um, in Florida was, if you find a a scrub jay, which is an endangered or um, whatever animal, um, shoot it. it. Well, what's that? That tells you that the guy, you know, the government, the fact that they're protecting it and they've got all these laws about building near where a scrub jay nest might be is causing people to shoot scrub jays. Yeah. In the marketplace, in a free marketplace, there is no shortage and there's always growth and wealth never stops growing. Wealth is unlimited as long as there's no government bureaucrats standing in the way pointing guns at the people trying to create more of it. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go click and download. In fact, we have an entire year's worth of the program. Uh, in, you can download an, an entire month of shows in one fell swoop with our torrents. Just posted the torrent for the month of June. Uh, you can grab that right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. It's the cure for naked, jumptees.com. Go get funny, sexy, clever t-shirts at jumptees.com. Don't go through life naked. Get jumped at jumptees.com. Pants not included. Jumptees.com is not responsible for customers not wearing pants. Yeah, you can you spell that J U M P T E T E E S T's. There you go. 800-259-9231. Talking about these nutters that believe the world's going to end in 2012 based on, well, some crackpot uh, interpretation of the Mayan calendar, plus I'm sure some other gobbledygook. Let's go to your phone calls. Puke's on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Good evening, guys. Hey, Puke, what's on your mind? Well, this thing is just ridiculous. I think it's um, it's sort of like the people that want to believe in the Loch Ness Monster, and before them it was Nostradamus and all that silly stuff. But I think what's most ridiculous about it is it's a calendar. And I have a calendar on my wall that also ends in December. <laughs> but um, the world doesn't end. I just go and get a new one. You know, the Mayan civilization went extinct or whatever, you know, thousands of years ago. What was it, hundreds? Anyway, and, uh, you know, some guy was probably just working on his calendar, calculating the days and the sun, moon, and all that crazy whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually he got to, like, 2012, and he was like, well, it's about time for a smoke break. I think I've calculated this thing out far <laughs> enough. You know, I mean, that's it. It's hey, just crazy. Hey, Puke, just curious. What kind of calendars do you usually have up on the wall? Uh, the, the Doom Predictor 5000. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My calendar right now is actually um, just a generic something that I picked up somewhere, but I actually use a calendar on my computer, which is way better than a paper calendar because it can, like, give me alerts and all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. So. When I was growing up, my, well, you know, my friend's dad had this calendar where you, you lift up this little plastic and the women's clothes would come off. Hey, that's really oh, really? tricky. Oh, they were clothes. It was a film. and it was The clothes were on the film, and when you lift the film up, they were naked. I don't know if they make uh, those anymore, Wayne. I know I'm dating myself here. <laughs> Everybody right. gets their porn uh, online. Who needs a calendar for it anymore? Hey, right. Pew, anything else uh, on your mind? Also, yeah, also, I'd like to mention, uh, since I'm on the air, I made a, uh, a bunch of 14, well, I made 14 different wallpapers for oh, the yes. show. Um, and I put them online on your guys' wiki. Uh, so if anybody's out there who hasn't isn't aware, because I know some people don't go online, to the forums and such. So go to the wiki, freetalklive.com, and type in wallpapers. And, you know. Yeah, I've seen the like wallpapers. They're very nice. They're very sharp. Uh, just very... for using the, on the, your, the back of your computer screen. Yeah, for there. your desktop. Okay. Yeah, and you made them pretty high resolution, right, Puke? So people can scale them down as necessary? Yes, I made them uh, 1680 by 1050, which is a pretty big uh, monitor size. Uh, resolution, whatever you want to call it. So pretty much anybody should be able to at least size it down. I tried to make it big enough that, you know, because a lot of times the problem is you'll go looking for these wallpapers online, 
and they'll be too small. Yeah. And then you put it on your computer, and it gets all pixelated and looks like crap. And so, so they are free, courtesy of Puke, who took... Uh, I didn't pay you to do this, because it was all uh, on your own volition. You decided oh, no, you just wanted to crank these things out, because you felt like it. And that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, you guys got up the uh, you know the promo page, where you have right. banners and stuff like that. And right. on that promo page is a file of the uh, Free Talk Live logo, and so anybody who knows how to use it can use it and do what I did. I just, I like it because, uh, you know, it's enjoyable for me. It's kind of like a hobby to do stuff like that. So, yeah, it's I think it's great. It's one of the great things about the wiki is, you know, it allows people to essentially kind of create their own little uh, section of what they feel is appropriate about Free Talk Live. In your case, you felt uh, the inspiration to create some Free Talk Live wallpapers. You took the tools that were necessary to do it and you you cranked them out and put them online. And people will be able to use it for a great deal of time into the future. Yeah. um, So they they stay up there. As long as we don't change the logo, which I don't think we're going to do. And if anybody else wants to make theirs, their own version of a wallpaper or whatever, you know, they can also put it up there on that page. Um, I made a section where it's like by user, so there's mine. And nice. then if you want to, you can go in there and edit it and put your section. You can so, have a little wallpaper you know. competition between the uh, various different yeah, artists out there. Excellent. <laughs> Puke, thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate the call no tonight. Problem. 800-259-9231. And he's right. Uh, promo, uh, promote.freetalklive.com is where you want to go if you're one of the artistically minded folks and you're looking for a very high resolution, uh, like a vector graphics version of our logo. It's there. And you can take that and turn it into various different things if you Do want. Do whatever you wish. Yeah, because we don't I don't believe in intellectual issues, property. Right? So it's all you, man. Have fun with that, all right? Promote.freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. So I'm looking at this guy's website, How to Survive 2012, and I don't know. I don't even know if there's anything in here worth worth talking about. It's just another I, it, it didn't case. Seem, it didn't seem like an exciting website to me. Yeah, just looks it looks awful. It looks boring, and the guy's a nut, a nut job. So let's move on and talk to Andy in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andy. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I heard you guys talking last night about the, the whole property tax thing and the, the agreement, the title deed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not eligible to, uh, to do this because I don't own property or, or rent it from the government or anything like that. But um, I, had, I have found a website called uh, teamlaw.org that that is supposed to show you how to apply for a land patent. What's it called? It's supposed to a land patent. What, yeah, what, I've looked into this before. What, the, what's the website? Teamlaw.org. I've looked into right. this land patent thing. The suggestion with the land patent is that you don't actually legally own your own property because the government holds the allodial title or the land patent or whatever it is that they, you know the terminology is, and that as long as government holds this, then you don't actually have any claim over your property, and there's some sort of long, arduous, legalistic process that uh, you can engage in in order to try to get the land patent, uh, I guess, back into your possession. And it just seems... Supposed to be a reversion back to the original constitutional concept of property ownership is what I gather. It's all very confusing to me, and it it kind of I get the feeling when I look at stuff like that is like, well, I'm begging the government to do something for me, and that's not what I want. I don't want to ask the government to give me the land patent back or whatever piece of paper it is that they have on file because I know they're not going to do anything like that. They're not going to put themselves in a position where they're going to, you know, grant me something that would put them at a disadvantage. So it seems seems like a big waste of time to me. I mean, does anybody actually have 
real tangible evidence to show that yes they've done this yes it works and yes i am not i am successfully not paying property taxes and have not been paying property taxes for a decade does that even exist do you know i i do not know i would love to hear it if they did though yeah i mean that's why Same i say here. Right. That's why I say it's all, you know, a bunch of speculation as far as I'm concerned. And it'll just get people to jump through a whole lot of legalistic hoops. And at the end, you'll get nothing out of it except a waste of a bunch of your time wasted. Probably a lot of money. Most of us hold property uh, fee simple. Say again, Andy? I had had one other thing to add. I saw the newspaper today, one of the Detroit newspapers, and I can't remember which one, but... The city of Flint is arresting people now for oh, having... tell me what for in a moment. Hang on. Tell me what for in a moment. I missed that. We'll get more from Andy here in moments. This is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll find out what's going on in Detroit. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free on our website, including... Now, we've got live streams there, broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you. So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. In Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell, and hell he finds nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom Dash engineering.com. As we continue with your calls, Andy is back in Michigan. You're going to tell us about what's going on in Detroit. Andy, go ahead, sir. I was in the Detroit paper, but the story was about Flint. Um, oh, I'm sorry about apparently, that. Flint. Apparently the police in Flint are arresting people now for having sagging pants. Oh, no, not this again. <laughs> yes, this again. And uh, they had a they had a, a picture on there. And so you, if your pants sag this much, you're guilty of this. And if your <laughs> pants sag that much, you're guilty of that. And if your butt shows, oh, man, that's indecent <laughs> exposure. and You should probably be shot. It was terrible, but that was all I had. Thanks, guys. Incredible. Thank you. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It is true. You know, I I would consider that uh, people that have their pants hanging down too far, um, too far, uh, are guilty of bad taste. However, I would not, uh, giving them a a citation, giving the government yet another revenue-generating option by uh, going after people (laughs) uh, whose pants I don't like, it's silly. I, I'm looking at the graphic here. Uh, Reason.com has this on their, I think their blog today, and it is showing the graphic from the Flint Police Department. Uh, there are three, <laughs> three potential problems here. There's the warning. You get a warning for exposed underwear. So if your if your pants are just, you know, sitting down a little bit, or maybe your underwear's hiked up a little too high, or whatever, for whatever reason, if your underwear is exposed in any way, shape, or a form, a lot of these guys will pull their uh, will will tuck their t-shirts into their underwear so that their underwear is exposed. An exposed underwear will result in a warning. 
Uh, you will get a disorderly conduct charge if your underwear is exposed and your pants are located below your buttocks. Now, I'm wondering if the police officer will have to give the buttock a good grab to make sure that it's actually uh, completely exposed. So I can pull my underwear up real high, and as long as my pants aren't below my, uh, you know, your resting on my buttock, then we're fine. I can show my underwear. You will get a warning if your underwear is exposed. Period. That is correct. A disorderly conduct charge comes with the pants below buttocks, and an indecent exposure, char- exposure charge will come if your buttocks are exposed in any way. So if you can see any crack, any bit of crack, then you will get an indecent exposure charge in Flint, Michigan. Bizarre. And uh, indeed, the story here from the Detroit Free Press at freep.com Flint residents now have to watch their butts because police chief David Dix is on the lookout. <laughs> Dix, who took over the department last month on an interim basis, announced How do you spell that, that? D-I-C-K-S, <laughs> announced that his officers would start arresting people wearing saggy pants that expose skivvies, boxer shorts, or bare bottoms. So it doesn't even sound like he had to go through the process of getting the city council to do this. Cause down He's in just Lu- deemed it indecent. Right. Down in Louisiana... Where we first started hearing these stories, and there's a couple other places in the South that have done this, but they actually went through the process of having the city council create a new law. Not that I'm saying that makes it any more legitimate, but they didn't even, I mean, they just skipped right over that part in this particular case. He's He's just the interim sheriff, too, or the interim police chief. But hey, power's power, right? And he'll grab as much of it for as long as he can. And wield it in the way he wants. He says, some people call it a fad, said Dix. Uh, he told the free press this week while patrolling the streets of Flint. But I believe it's a national nuisance. It is indecent. And thus it is indecent exposure, which has been on the books for years. On June 27th, the chief issued a departmental memorandum telling officers, this immoral self-expression goes beyond freedom of expression. Immoral self-expression. The crime, he says, is disorderly conduct or indecent exposure, both misdemeanors punishable by 93 days to a year in jail and or fines up to $500. Dix, who's 41, broke down his interpretation of the laws as such. Pants pulled completely below the buttocks with underwear showing is disorderly conduct. Saggy pants with skin of the buttocks showing is indecent exposure. And saggy pants not completely below the buttocks with underwear exposed results in a warning. You know, I, as much as I think that this is uh, it's silly, it's a waste of time, it's an opportunity for the police to do fundraising uh, at the expense of those who can afford it the least, mm. um, I, I do like it when the authorities are unambiguous. I like it when they're clear. There's a picture here telling you where your pants have to be. At the very least... They aren't authorities, Mark. They're just people with guns. Whatever. At at the very least, when when they um, come up in any other town, if some cop comes up and says, your pants are too low, he's just responding to what he decides is too low. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Flint, Michigan, at the very least, there's a picture. Look, Your Honor, my pants weren't that low. The ACLU is already scrutinizing the enforcement, but Dick says he's not backing down until the pants stop falling down. The, the ACLU just gave this guy his opportunity, really. Is this going to... I mean, this really is just about money, right, Mark? Because uh, the society has had saggy pants for at least a decade, if not longer than that, a couple decades, maybe. It's always been fairly popular with the kids. And are they really thinking that by penalizing people with prison time that 
people are going to stop doing this. They're finally going to stop the scourge of saggy pants. Right. That that this uh, that that's going to turn around the uh, that what they perceive of as this immoral society. I mean, this man is obviously very very concerned with the morals. His his perception of the morals of those who surround him. Is, does he believe this is going to be the uh, the the crux issue that's that everything's going to rotate upon? He's just going. He's just irritated by something, and he's going after that and the people that do it. Yeah. Hey man, um, what are you in for? Saggy pants. Yep, just like that. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that that black people are more likely to have saggy pants? Young black males are more likely to have saggy pants than young white males. Or is about same. More likely, I think that it's. I think it's a fad that has really become pervasive. But I, you know, I'm, seems I'm, like an excuse to to uh, to go after Flint, black guys. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me, because, you know, the cops are always looking for a new excuse to target people they don't like, uh, you know, whether they be uh, the color they don't like or from the, uh, you know, from the particular well, interest group they, they don't like. They're always looking for an excuse. Young males are going to do uh, body outrageous things in order to attract young females. And if you're, you know, rich, you can do a lot of things. If you're poor, you have you have fewer options because there's, you know, just fewer things you can buy in order to be that body guy. So, you know, this is one way to, I, I guess, attract, um, you know, that use plumage to uh, to attract <laughs> the, the the female of the species. Really, and, are girls attracted by this? Well, if they're in the right, uh, you know, social subset, I would imagine they would have to be. Hmm. What does that say to a girl? I mean, if you're a lady and you see a guy with his pants hanging below his butt... What does it say to a girl if the guy has a mohawk? What does it say for any fashion statement at all? What, what does it say if the guy wears uh, eyeliner and his, uh, wears girls' jeans? I mean, what, th- th- these are all fashions that are, you know, currently exist right now. And I guess there's going to be a girl out there that's attracted to all, the, all of the above. What's it say to a girl if uh, you, you, get, you get your hair greased back and you have cigarettes rolled up in uh, one of your t-shirts? <laughs> you know, what does it say? I don't know what it says, but it's worked all these years. I mean, I, the, the, <laughs> Mark, what these, would you The do? girls don't have any better taste than the guys do. Mark, what would you do if you were single right now to attract women? Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be uh, dressed silly, I can assure you of that. <laughs> my, uh, my, my system is uh, to make good money, and uh, you know, then they'll be attracted by that. On Monday, a free press reporter and videographer rode with the chief as he confronted teens sporting the SAG look. He issued verbal warnings to several people and said the style also gives police probable cause to search those wearing no-rise jeans. Oh, no how rise. convenient. Mm. So if you violated their little pants code, then they have the right to search your pants and, of course, inevitably find people with little baggies of marijuana and pipes and things like that, which is probably the real intention here, uh, because they probably understand that individuals who are wearing these baggy pants and maybe have a higher likelihood than those who don't to perhaps engage in certain, oh, I don't know, illicit substances on a recreational basis. I'm just going out on a limb there, but it wouldn't seem... uh, Unusual for police people to be targeting people for the excuse of getting to, they're targeting them for nonsense for the excuse of getting to search them to find more. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The whole idea that government, this agency that was supposedly created to protect life, liberty, and property, is now going out and issuing dress code violations to people. This is Free Talk Live. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, then become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations and uh, spreading uh, the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible, getting more Internet listeners on board. Go get the details about how we're spending some of the money and uh, sign up with PayPal or any major credit card or one of the alternate options. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll learn about perks you get access to, like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Well, the government... In Flint, Michigan, and in other cities around the country, and and as we've said before, whenever governments get a bad idea into their head, they always spread. Other government people pick them up from around the world and around the country, and they they bring them to their so-called jurisdictions. Uh, Of course, these are just people that are ruling by threat of violence. They're not legitimate in any way, shape, or form, because... Some people would not have consented to rules like this. We're talking about uh, we're talking about Flint, Michigan, where there's now a they're now enforcing indecent exposure laws on people that have a little bit of their butt crack showing. You know, plumber walking down the street got his butt crack showing a little bit. He's going to get slapped with an indecent exposure charge. Uh, they're saying that if you've got your pants hanging down below your buttocks with your boxers or your underwear exposed in some way, that you will get a disorderly conduct charge. And the police chief is rolling around the streets of Flint, pulling over uh, people and you know stopping them on the side of the road uh, as he took a free press reporter and videographer recently to, on one of these ride-alongs where he was issuing verbal warnings to let people know about the new law he uh, flipped on the flashing lights of his departmental issued chevy tahoe as he stopped a shirtless young man walking you know we need to stop that now too taking off shirts can't allow that people yeah. might see uh, nipples god knows and that would titillate <laughs> anyway a shirtless young man walking the streets with saggy shorts and exposed boxers the chief asked did you hear about the law the man responded i heard about it the other day i'm gonna issue a warning i need you to get a belt because it's indecent exposure said to the 20-something man. During another stop, Police Chief Dix marveled at the steps a man took to wear his pants low. He said, This guy had a belt on, but he'd rather have his belt on around his thighs than above his waist. If no one tells him it's against the law, he'll never know. Well, gee, you think that's because nobody bothers to read the damn laws? Because there's way too many laws and no one could possibly ever read them? You couldn't read all the laws if if, if that's all you did all day, every day. So a couple of uh, young ladies uh, from Flint did comment, uh, apparently expressing their admiration. So they are out there. People, they really think that the saggy pants are hip and cool. They I'm say, sure they do. They say, I think it's cute when boys sag, say the young ladies. Flint is often called one of the most violent cities in America. city of about 120,000 dwindling jobs and dwindling population has left an aging retired sector, older blue-collar workers, and a few middle-aged professionals in youths. Depending on who you talk to about sagging, those within each generation don't necessarily puts, uh, put their pants on the same way. 16-year-old Montez Pfeiffer says, if I pay for my pants, I should be able to wear them how I want to. Everyone, I think Montez is right. I, I don't recommend he wears them down and around his knees. but He says, everyone thinks it's gangster, but it's a fashion, nothing more. His friend, who is 14, said his mother warned him about the chief's stance on sagging. He says, I pulled them up to respect her. When she left, I pulled them back down. 
another friend, you see, because the, the laws work so well, right? Mm. So when the authority figure, in this case, mom, is around, pants go up. And when she's da- she's gone, the pants go back down. Mm. So really, what is this going to do besides impoverish some young people in Flint that are already having a tough time? Well, they're, it's going to give them the, a ch- the, can- the cops a chance to harass them, too. Another friend said, I think it's cute when boys sag. Down the street, uh, 32-year-old Seneca Nichols wig- weighed in. She says, the sagging is out of control. It went from a style to a disruption. The chief has a good idea. I'm not saying people should go to jail, but maybe they should do community service. Hey, guess what? For wearing what? their pants down? <laughs> Seneca, they're going to go to jail, Okay. Because if they get this $500 fine, or whatever the fine is going to be, it could be up to $500, if they get this fine, and they don't pay that fine, then they could go to jail for not paying the fine, and the cops could just put them in jail if they want to for having the saggy pants. There's nothing that precludes or prohibits the cops from sending these people to jail over this. Nothing. You could spend 93 days in jail for saggy pants. says here, uh, if you don't want to pick up your pants, pick up the neighborhood. How's that sound? Greg Gibbs, a lawyer for the it ACLU. It sounds really crappy. Shut up and leave people alone. The ACLU says this is a this crackdown sounds like a vast waste of resources. Hmm. Uh, we are concerned an enforcement of the chief's memo may lead to some constitutional violations on a case-by-case basis no. due to the failure of his memo to define what constitutes indecent exposure. Uh, Flint's not the first city to take a look at policing the exposure of underwear, and then they list some of the other places that have done it. Dan Henson knows all about the style of sagging. He's a manager at Mr. Allen's Clothing Store and a former sagger himself. He said customers frequently come in to buy large-fitting pants that sag. He says, I stopped when I was around 21, but this style has been around for a long time. He says, I don't think it's going anywhere. I wore them uh, probably up until, shoot, 25. So I've done it, too. And it's, uh, the ACLU says they're going to wait and see how aggressively the chief enforces the law before they decide to take action. They're concerned if the policy disproportionately affects African Americans, which I think certainly is a legitimate concern. As I say, it will give the police yet another excuse to harass young males, particularly young black males, on the streets and put more warm, innocent bodies into cold jail cells. How can anyone look at this and say... That they live in a free country. How can anyone look at this and cheer this on? If you're somebody that thinks this is a good idea, want to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Well, you might think it's a good idea. You can't back it up by saying it's free country. Right. Right. Let's continue here. Your calls. Wayne is on the line in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Wayne. You're on Free Talk Live. How are you? Great. What's on your mind, Wayne? Well, I called to talk about the elodial titles that you talked about earlier on the program. Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, no, I have a really good friend that does. Really? And, and I want to just tell you a little bit about that Elodio title process. Please do, because uh, I don't understand it friend, one iota. Beg your pardon? I, please tell, because I don't understand the process at all. Well, the Elodio title is one of those things that's buried in antiquity, antiquity and it's in every title in the United States. And the, 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 the whole criteria for getting an Elodio title is your property has to be free and clear. In other words, paid off with a mortgage. Mine is. That's what, that's what mine that is. Property, when you have a, a, a no lien on your mortgage, you can go into the courthouse and apply for an elodial title. And my friend did that. But the, the problem that you have after you apply for that elodial title is the, the, the taxing authorities want to continue to tax you for that elodial title. Mm-hmm. Well, every year they sent him a tax form, and he sent them back a copy of his elodial title, saying he owes no tax on this property because it's an elodial free title. 
And when that happened, he, every year, and, and, and I haven't been in contact with my friend for a while. I live in Montana. He lives in Oregon now. And he did this allodial title thing, and he, gets, he said for the, for the three years I talked to him about it, he had to send in a copy of his allodial title every time he got a tax receipt, and they kept trying to tax him on this and then, property. And then they would say, oh, okay, after that? Well, yes, they would let him go, and then the yep. next year he'd get another my, tax. My uh, question receipt. is this. Um, the, the percentage of people that own their own property isn't particularly high in the United States, but it's, it's exactly. in the double digits, um, especially in places uh, like New England, for instance. Now, the, there are people that work at the courthouse. There are judges. There are uh, clerks of the court. There are you know all kinds of bureaucrats scurrying about. Surely those people have heard about allodial titles, and yes, then I would imagine they have, and then they, uh, they, their families, and then their friends, and then I would think that this, the word of this allodial title thing would spread, because I just talked to a lawyer today, and he was, you know, wanting to to wheel and deal with me on a lawsuit that I'm bringing against the town that I live in, and I said that I want an allodial title. This lawyer, who has been practicing law in this town for close to 50 years now, is he said, a real estate attorney? What is that? Is he a real yeah, estate most attorney? Most people know nothing about it. It's buried in the in the tax codes way back. But I'm, I'm just what I'm saying is, is if it's if it exists, is somebody should have mentioned it somewhere to how someone. How do you find out how to actually get this back? And you're saying you have to apply, which means that they could deny your application. Doesn't that essentially well, put you subservient to the government and begging them to do something for you? No, no, you, they, they can't deny you an allodial title as, as oh. long as your property is free and clear. Well, why can't they when just property, want to hold on? But now that's interesting. But couldn't they just put a lien on your property right then and there and prevent that from happening? I mean, they are the government. Well, after well all. They, they don't put a lien on it because this is the law. The law says that it, when you have that allodial title, property taxes from way, way, way back were unconstitutional and. Yeah. Somehow we got into this thing, and I don't know, time progresses, you know, and people get used to it, and then all of a sudden it becomes the norm. How, old, then, how onerous is this process? Do you know anything about it? I'd like to ask you more I, questions. I, I, don't, I don't know the real, real details See, about it. See, this is the, the problem. Like, know about it is, is, my, is my friend did this. And you don't know and how I to can, get in I, touch I, with him, right? Is, was he in Texas, well, by can, the way? I can get in touch with him tomorrow. Can you do that? Because uh, I'd love to have this guy on the program to tell us about this, because a lot of people are very concerned. In fact, I'm going to put you on hold and talk to you here during the break. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. Free talk. Provider and licensing details are available. If this is your paycheck and this is your debt, what are your options? File bankruptcy and tread water the next seven years? Or make a call for Care One Credit Counseling Services and start getting out of debt today. A Care One Credit Counseling Agency can help you get immediate relief from stress caused by debt. And you'll have one lower monthly payment instead of the pile you have right now. Call a Care One agent today and you can start saving hundreds of dollars in fees and interest payments. Care One agencies have helped over 4 million people get out of debt and they can help you too. Call 800-952-9224. 800-952-9224. And find out how you can lower your monthly payments up to 57%. One 15-minute phone call can change your life. Call 800-952-9224. 
This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go back to Wayne, who's still on the line in uh, KGEZ land in Montana. And Wayne, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, last hour, for those just tuning in, you were telling us you have a friend who actually at some point acquired so-called allodial title to his property. Yep. Now, this allodial yep. title is this sort of mythological creature that says that, uh, that, you know, that you own your property for real this time. It's not just that you're renting it from the government. If you have this allodial title thing, then you really yep. are the true owner and the government can't uh, tax you on that. You're yep. saying this is true, and we've had people that have called and have said similar things to this in the past, but they've never actually really had any evidence they could cite. They've always known someone who's known someone. And so here you are, knowing someone who allegedly has better. these things. It's, you're closer than anyone else, Wayne. And I'm wondering okay. if, if it's possible, if you can get in touch with this friend of yours, actually have him call into Free Talk Live so we can talk to him in detail about exactly what his experience has been with this acquiring of the elodial title and continuing to, uh, to hold his property uh, in elodial title. Because I find this whole thing very fascinating. It is very fascinating, and, and when he told me about it, I go, you got to be kidding me. And I said, well, I'm going to own my property free and clear in Montana here in a few years, and I, I want to get that allodial title. And he goes, well, when you get ready, uh, he goes, I'll help you do it. All right. I mean, my, my, friend, my friend is into the truth movement and the freedom movement so much that, that he's one of those guys that holds no driver's license. He holds, he holds no licensing on his car vehicles. Wow. He, he and he's been stopped, and he's showed him his uh, international driver's license. He mm-hmm. has an international driver's license. He shows them that, and they back off. And he's a law-abiding citizen. He's a he's a super nice guy. He just believes in freedom and the right to do as we're, our Constitution grants us. Well, I want to know more, Wayne, so do me a favor. Get that guy on the phones with us. You know when we're on the air, so have him call in uh, during the program, and we'd love to talk to him okay, about you're, this. Okay, you're on, you're on the air, and you're in Texas, right? Uh, no, we're in New Hampshire, um, but, well, New Hampshire. but you're That's mountain right, time. So. Mountain time and between... Time, and you're on... Uh, uh, what? what uh, that would be uh, between Oregon si- time... Pacific four, time. Yeah, between 4 to 7 o'clock Pacific time, Monday through Saturday in the afternoon. So anytime between okay. those hours, have him call. Tell him, you're, you know, he's a friend of Wayne's in Montana, and uh, we'll talk to him about this because I'm fascinated by it. And if it's really true, then people need this information. It needs to get yep. out there, and it needs to be something that hopefully will be understandable. I'm hoping that, you know, it doesn't require 50 legal oh. forms that are 25 pages long each. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. He, and he's an educator, too. He holds... Uh, uh, meetings in his home and whatnot, you know, to try to educate people on a di- on a weekly basis. Good. I hope he has a website too, because something I found about these. Oh, he uh, doesn't. Yeah, that's a big problem. These guys, these patriot guys that, I mean, you know, they have something that they want to share with people and they're still kind of stuck in the 20th century. You know, get somebody to get, yeah. get a free website for this guy or host a, what, you know, go to Blogspot, put a blog online. I mean, there are free websites all over the place. Get this information out there if it really is true so more people can apply it where they are. And I hope that uh, you'll get in touch with this guy and get him on the air, Wayne. I will, Thanks, and you dude. know what? He'd probably be more than willing to, if somebody could help him get a website up with the, his, his uh, current information, and he'd be willing, more than willing to do that. All right, Wayne, it's on you now. Get that guy in the air with us. We appreciate your call tonight. Thank you, sir. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. 
Yes, uh, the, evidently the definition of allodial means free, not holden by any lord or superior, owned without obligation of vassalage or fealty, the opposite of feudal. Uh, the state of Nevada has had a uh, allodial title program since 1997, when the legislature passed a bill that authorized the allodial title program. But you can't apply for it after 2005. Oh, yeah. really? That's yeah. what they're saying now. I guess maybe they had too many people who decided to own their own property and decided they had to nip it in the bud. They but. probably had too many uh, local bureaucrats uh, screaming to high heaven that they're not able to uh, tax people property. And it's well, it's really a limited allodial situation. Um, Nevada, it's... Uh, it's not true allodial title? It's not true allodial title, no. A true allodial title, that no, no, no government official would ever give this. Right. This is why I don't believe it's true. I don't... I mean, it's uh, because you, they can't take your property by eminent domain. They can't collect uh, property taxes on it. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, do they amend the law out there? Because I'm looking at the law right here, and there's there's two basic um, premises in this law. Uh, immediately upon the issuance of a certificate of allodial title, the state treasurer shall transmit a copy of the certificate to the uh, county assessor of the county in which the property is located. Two, upon receipt of such a certificate, the county assessor shall make a notation on the tax roll and collect no further taxes from the allodial title holder for the property unless the allodial title is relinquished by the homeowner or hmm. his heirs. Is that for Nevada? That's for Nevada, to? yes. Okay, it says um, here, both new, uh, two states, Nevada and Texas, have uh, created limited allodial title, title provisions in order to protect property owners from the burden of highly increased property taxes, which often occur when unincorporated lands becomes part of a city or town. However, the Nevada legislature in 2005 prohibited applications by property owners for a lodial title after June 13, 2005. All right. Well, here's what I want to know. What's the difference between an allodial title and a land patent? Are they the same thing? They don't sound the same. According to the site the guy mentioned earlier, teamlaw.org, they say, by definition, a land patent is the only form of proof of absolute title to land in the United States of America. So, uh, according to a U.S. court case, a patent is the highest evidence of title and is conclusive against, as against the government and all claiming under junior patents or titles, the highest form of title. So, is a land patent an even higher form of title than an allodial title? Are they actually the same thing, just called something different? It's also very confusing. Yep. And, and I can't believe that you could just go down and file a piece of paper or two with your county government and just have them say, oh, it's an allodial title title application well let me just go get that for you okay here you go buddy and, and here have some candy out of the bowl we keep here for yeah. you i mean no it doesn't make any sense i hope i i hope i'm wrong i hope so too I, you know having dealt with bureaucrats uh for for years it just doesn't make any sense that they would allow this and that they would keep it on the books clearly um you know there's there's only a few states that allow it which means that the other states Somehow managed to get rid of it if such a thing ever existed. So, but wait, what was they can, the t- get, they can get rid of it by uh, you know fiat from the legislature. But wait a minute, it was Nevada and Texas. Texas. But Wayne said his buddy lived over on the West Coast, right? Didn't Wayne say that? Like his friend lived in Washington or Oregon or something like that. So, if you can't could, get it in those states, how did he get it? Wikipedia says it's largely fictional. Well, if you know something that we don't, 800-259-9231, this whole process, I'm looking at this team law website, and the process to secure the land patent is, there are several steps, and it's all very confusing. Of course, they want you to hire them to do part of it for you. It also, when you purchase a property, you get title insurance. Now, this title insurance obviously assures you that the, the title is being is, is, is clean encumbered. It's clean, exactly. Now, is that because they want to keep the title away from you? 
I don't know, Wayne. I don't know any. I don't know anything about this. All I know is I bought a piece of property from another person. We signed an agreement together. Then I paid the bank off, and it's mine now. I don't understand why it is that I have to go through some sort of legalistic process of begging government bureaucrats to grant me some level of ownership that I apparently don't have right now. I feel like I own my property. I paid for it, and I live in it. So what, why else would I have an obligation to go to them and beg them? I don't, because that I feel like the whole process of asking them for the, uh, the elodial title is, once again, putting yourself beneath them. Well, they're holding saying, the title, Ian. You're paying them rent because they're holding the title rents. Uh, I, I don't know. They told me that I own my property. So that's what they told me. They, I'm sure they could lie about that. You're saying they hold, hold the title. I don't even know what a title looks like. All I know is this is my damn house, and it's not theirs. I'm the one who takes care of this house. I'm the one who paid for it. I'm the one who's put the, the signature on the dotted line when the, the house was purchased. So so the idea to me of going in and begging bureaucrats to, to grant something to me says that I am subservient to you. I am a citizen. I will follow your rules and follow your processes. And that's not something that I believe in because I think that people came before governments. And I don't want to consent to the government. And that whole process sounds like a consenting act to me. It sounds like bowing down before the great masters in government and asking them to bestow something upon you. I don't think anything needs to be bestowed upon me because I'm so certain I own my own property. But nonetheless, I'd like to hear your thoughts at 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop when there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Travel less. Meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com, enter promo code 600, start your free trial of WebEx today. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Enter promo code 600, that's 600, and start your free trial of WebEx today. It says here on uh, suijuris.net that in their forums, uh, according to one article, we're talking about this idea of a lodial title and land patents, the concept that there's some sort of, as far as I'm concerned, it's mythological because it has not yet been proven to me. No one has ever actually surfaced to show, hey, I've got one of these elodial titles, and that's proof that I actually own my land and I can't be taxed on it. Uh, according to this, because I was asking, what is the difference between an elodial title and a land patent? This article claims that a lodial title was bestowed by law upon the land with unalienability forever. No government agency, bank, or other sovereign power could place any lien attachment or encumbrance on land held in an elodial state. It says the elodial title is derived from the original federal land patent. Land patents are still today the highest evidence of title and have never been refuted by any court of competent jurisdiction. So again, it all sounds to me like you have to go and beg the federal government. Look, I'd uh, be willing to beg them if I could uh, if I thought I could get this and it was relatively easy but I yeah, I, right. I, I just don't know how it is I can't imagine that it would be let's continue with your calls Mac is on the line in Montana listening on KGEZ Mac you're on free talk live 
Yeah, hey guys, how you doing tonight? Hey, just sir. great, Mac. What's on your mind? Basically, uh, Montana has a, a lodial title also, but uh, it goes all the way back to uh, the history of the uh, land rush. Uh, you know, back in the early days when they opened up the West, okay. uh, they just said, okay, this section, this section, and you know, this how many ever thousands of acres they opened up, then you go to the the land patent office and you say, this is where my homestead is, and they give you a patent on that land. Now, the problem was with that was when they did that, they also had, you know, there was a government agent there, and then uh, the bankers came in, and uh, grocery grocery people, you know, the people of the hardware stores and stuff like that, and sometimes in the hard times, you know, the people would go in and say, okay, says, you know, I'm going to, you know, I want to get a loan on, you know, this much of my land, and they would sign over pieces and pieces and pieces of their land, and eventually... All the bankers basically took over almost all the land, and they got rid of the uh, lodial title and the land patent. If you look all the way back in history, all this land out west was all originally uh, land patents, and uh, except for the, like the railroad lands and stuff like that. Okay, well now but, hold uh, on a second. Nowadays, the problem with it nowadays is even though you know you go into a courthouse and you say you're going to do this and do that, everybody will say they don't know what you're talking about. But what they what they really mean is we know what you're talking about there, but there's no he- way in hell we're gonna you know let you know sure. that we're not gonna give it. To yeah, you. Yeah, why would they want to cooperate if they're really holding the uh, the keys to all of the titles in uh, any given set of uh, geographical boundaries? Why would they have any interest whatsoever in cooperating with you on that? So I, yeah, I'm, well, I'm with you there. Even, it's even worse than that because see nowadays you know there's certain places around the country where there's people that have the allodial title and have the land patent still, and yet the government will still come in there after you you get your uh, tax bill, and you say, wait, wait a second, wait a second, you know, I got you know I got my allodial title, mm-hmm. and they'll say, well, we don't recognize those anymore, <laughs> and you got to pay your taxes or we're evicting you, you know. Right. So mm-hmm. what good I mean, does it do? The bureaucrats. When when was the last time you got? You know, I mean, you know, I, I disagree with you guys a lot, but I agree with you a lot. But the one thing's for certain is. The more powerful the federal and state governments become, the less they abide, uh, obey the law, even the old laws. I mean, sure, you know, sure. and they make and well, they it's, it's all you know, more it's... and more laws absolutely make more and more laws so they can steal more and more from us. Sure, and it, and it's just paper to them too, right? I mean, what what does it matter if you got they've got a piece of paper that says a lodial on the top of it versus I have a piece of paper that says I've satisfied my mortgage. I mean, paper's paper. The fact is, I'm here on my property to for them to claim they own my property is absolutely ludicrous and uh, right. I'm I'm actually Well, they're not claiming to own your property. They're just claiming that you like a surf, absolutely like a surf, by the way. You owe them money, uh, you're, you're bound to the land. Well, you have that's, to pay. Why, that's why I'm in the process right now, and if you go to freekeen.com, you can read all the details. We talked about it last night on the program, but I'm in the process of asking several very revealing and I think very important questions about the nature of ownership of my property to the government bureaucrats here in Keene. Of course, we'll keep you up to date on if they even bother to answer them. You, know, well, you remember, you guys remember that story about that movie star that had that property in Yosemite Park I don't. Here a few years back, uh, maybe seven, ten years back, uh, he had a large uh, homestead in the middle of Yosemite Park, and the feds wanted that land, and they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't honor his uh, his uh, land patent or his title, and they went in there and said that he was growing dope and killed him and Jeez. took the land. 
You know, two really important planks of, of a, a vibrant economy where people want to invest and, and, and grow the economy are property rights, A, and secondly, uh, the rule of law. Now, if, if you have a government that's lawless and they don't honor property rights anymore, even though it's codified in the law, then why would people want to come over here and, and invest in plant and equipment and, and land and property? You, you know, the money's going to go out of here. We're going to be we're going to impoverish ourselves. Fathers, our founding fathers said, without property without property rights, what we are is nothing more than slaves. It's so true, Mac. Thank you for the call tonight. Glad you dialed in on this one. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, we continue here and talk to John in California. You're on Free Talk Live, John. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, people in California have uh, filed these Elodio titles, and what it goes back to is the original, as far as California is concerned, goes back to the uh, original Spanish land grants the Spanish uh, granted to settlers in California. And what individuals do is they conduct a title search on their property, uh, as far back as they can go, and whenever there is a clause in the uh, original Spanish land grant um, that states that the property shall be tax-free, then that's what they work off of. Um, unfortunately, as with other things, such as the income tax laws, uh, the government doesn't follow the law. Sure. They don't honor it. So what is the point of this? I mean, is this whole process completely futile, as it seems to me? Well, uh, personally, I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with anybody uh, uh, applying for something that's perfectly legal. Uh, whether or not the government uh, abides by it is another matter. I don't think it's a futile gesture. Well, clearly they have no interest in abiding by it, and so I would, it would seem to me that, you know, why should I go down and, and uh, bow down before these bureaucrats and beg them for something that they have no obligation whatsoever to actually abide by, and not only would I be begging, but I'd also probably be paying them some sort of fee in order to do this, and it just seems like I, another you know, way to... I'd do it if I thought that, if I, th- if I you know, but where's knew, the evidence? how or There's no anything evidence. like that. There's no evidence that shows they're going to even do anything for you, well, just one, because there's no evidence isn't, it isn't going to make me say that and it's a bad thing. I don't think it is. Nor, nor, nor is there, not, as, not only is there no evidence for that, but there's also no evidence that they're going to respect it, even if they do provide you with that particular piece of paper. They could still just come and take your property with their armed goons if they want to. Thanks, John, for the call. More coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, and those features include the live streams, the bulletin board system, the archives. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you to access their website, and ours is free. So compare, and you'll see that we've got the best value in talk radio. Go to freetalklive.com and enjoy all those features on us. And 
SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your calls about what you want, let's talk to Tim in Wisconsin. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, before a question I want to ask, I first just, first just want to say that I was glad to hear last night um, about them up there, um, you know, starting something, you know, driving with, without a license. Um, because ever since I learned about the driver's license having to do with, you know, the, the Communist Manifesto, it, it being one of the ten planks of the Communist Manifesto, I, I, I re- reconnect, you know, being against it. Against having to have a driver's license to drive Well, now, car. there's nothing wrong with the idea of being certified to drive. It's no. just that the government uses the driver's license as a, as a reason to control people, really. And uh, I guess what you're talking about as far as the Communist Manifesto, the plank where government is to control transportation, I guess that would certainly fit into that particular plank. So I see where you're coming from on that, and Tim. A, a question I just wanted to ask is, yeah. um, also when it comes to you know, m- people moving up there for the Free State Project, I, to me, it's understandable um, what one of you said about, you know, them not wanting people to be mooching out the state. Uh, but what, what if I'm still working at, you know, getting off Social Security disability? You know, if, if, if it were to work you know, out, you know, um, you know, soon enough. Um, are you wondering if people? Up there, are you wondering? Did you pay into Social Security? Um, I, I I'm trying to I am trying to get off it by. Uh, working in, in, a, in a business that I'm in in Market America with with a, with a sister of mine. That's very good. Um, I and was just wondering, uh, did you pay into the um, Social Security system in, in the beginning? Um, Have you ever paid into Social Security? I really don't know. I, I, I've only had you know just job, just you know. Uh, You've had jobs in the minimum past. Minimum wage, minimum wage job. People with jobs have paid into social. Yeah, if you security. had a minimum wage job, you paid uh, uh, into social. Look, security. as far as that's concerned, Tim, uh, that's a personal issue that you have to deal with with yourself, and it sounds like you are dealing with it. It yeah. sounds like you're in the, on the right path. I don't think anyone would look down upon you for uh, for trying to get out from uh, from under the system like that. If that's what your concern is, uh, and you know, it's that's your business. If you don't tell people about it, then no one. Would know. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. As long as you love liberty and you want liberty for other people and you want to uh, not aggress against your neighbors, then you're welcome in New Hampshire. As long as you're willing to, you know, I mean, even if you don't want to be an activist, still have you up here in New Hampshire. Well, if you want to be an activist, that'd be even better. Of course, we're talking about the Free State Project, a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving activists all moving here to New Hampshire to become, uh, if they're not already activists where they are, to become activists here and achieve li- help us uh, achieve liberty in our lifetime. And there are going to be different ways that's going to happen. Uh, some people are attacking it from the political end. Some people are doing non-cooperation, which is what Tim was talking about there, uh, driving without a government driver's license, for instance, or government registration. As we're looking for a, a group of people to do here in the uh, the Keene area, and I've already found some people to get on board, but we need probably about five or, uh, five or six more people. So head over to freekeen.com, get on the forums over there, 
and get involved in that conversation because it's something worth doing. And it brings me back to a point uh, I wanted to make about this whole land patent title, uh, allodial title idea, the idea that you know there's some magical, mystical piece of paper out there that if you just ask the government the right questions and file the right paperwork, they will grant to you and you will finally own your property in the way you were originally meant to own it as a, as a true sovereign individual. And the idea sounds wonderful. But as we've been talking about for the last half hour on the program, it's not very likely that the government bureaucrats are ever going to, even if there is some sort of uh, some some way defined in their laws to allow this to happen, they won't even know about it, nor will they acknowledge it, nor will they allow you to do it, nor even if they did allow you to do it, would they care? They'd still send you the property tax bills, and they'd still try to steal your property from you. So. After going through all this legalistic process of attempting to achieve the allodial title uh, situation, even if you were somehow magically able to achieve it, it wouldn't prevent the government from uh, running roughshod all over your rights. It wouldn't prevent them from abusing you in the future. I don't think it would prevent it, but I think that it would be a you know an, an impediment. And I'd be for it if I thought I could find this thing. I just you but know look I, a piece of paper. I, Mark, look, I want the I want the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I just don't yeah. believe it exists. Well, this piece of paper isn't going to be an impediment to them because they don't care about what their own rules say on their own pieces of paper. So if you're holding a piece of paper out in front of them, I don't see why they would give a damn about that in the first place. So the question then becomes: Well, if you can't. Get get an allodial title or a land patent, then what do you do? How is it that we can get out from under the thumb of these oppressive people calling themselves governments that want to extract money from us at the threat of violence? How is it possible? And I think the only way that it's possible is if multiple people decide they've had enough of this crap and they just stop paying. They stop participating in the system and they make it public. They uh, they make it very clear publicly what it is that they're what it is that they are doing and what they're engaging in and why and the reasoning behind it and they try to recruit more people on board because if an, if enough people are non cooperative in the world of property taxes then what are they going to do are they going to go and throw people out of their homes publicly are they going to throw multiple families from their homes out into the streets. Are they really going to tarnish their legitimacy in that way? They would have to have you would have to have a, a bunch of people, a few people, um, you know, on board with this at the same time. Because yeah. will they th- individually throw families out on the street? Yes, they will. Sure, they will. But if there are more, again, if there are more than one family doing it, then I would see it would seem they're less likely. I, I think that they don't want to be seen throwing people out onto the street. At least up here where we live, the bureaucrats around here want to pretend, you know, like they're nice people and that they would never hurt somebody like that. So they don't want to be seen, you know, going over to somebody's house and literally pulling small children or people who've not harmed another person and throwing them out into the street. I don't think that's a, you know, that's a perception they want people to have of the government. So just throwing one family out onto the street would already dissolve some of their perceived legitimacy in the eyes of many people. And if there were five to ten groups of people, ten owners, ten property owners that were engaging in this, I think it'd be unstoppable. And I think that's the only solution. Not going and begging the bureaucrats for some magical piece of paper that they're supposedly going to respect off into the future, which we all know that's not going to happen. And in fact, some of these people that know a thing or two about the allodial title are telling us that that hasn't happened with their friends that have gotten the allodial title. Then three years later, all of a sudden, the government bureaucrats show up and try to take your property for non-payment of property tax. You know, I'm starting to hear on some of the, the financial uh, podcasts on, on the Internet 
how people are starting to talk more about how property taxes have to go away. The people have been have been really overtaxed the last few years with these inflated property values. And the bureaucrats in their state and local governments don't want to lower their property taxes now that their houses are worth less. So a lot of yeah. people are revolting over that. And then the, you've got the view tax issue here in New Hampshire where people are allegedly being charged more if they have a view. Have you heard about that? Yes, oh, yeah, yes. Oh, they are. Yeah, and, and basically, um, in New Hampshire, it, you know, it's your your tax on you're assessed on the value of your property. They figure in a view as the value as part of the value, and they you know come up with something in an effort to rebuild our economy because our economy, many people feel, is collapsing. But the way to rebuild the economy is you have to reestablish. Uh, the rule of law, and you have to give people incentive to produce, which we haven't been doing. Right, and by an incentive to produce, uh, you, you would have to allow them to keep more of what they earn. Then they'll uh, try harder to produce, and they can. And, and America can produce its way out of recessions. It absolutely can. Sure. What it can't do is government its way out. That's right. There's no doubt about it. And government is becoming a disincentive to produce and to invest. It's always been that. Right. That's that's how the the the, the Great Depression government spending is how the Great Depression got turned into the Great Depression. The toll-free number here. But it's been just another little downturn. The number is 800-259-9231. I think the only solution to the property tax problem is noncompliance. It's mass noncompliance. And until until people get the courage to do this, we'll all continue to be victimized by these gangsters calling themselves government. More coming up here in moments. This is your show. Just enough time for your call. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. Cast your vote for Free Talk Live. If you've yet to do it this month of July, you can do it once per month. And you voting for the show makes a big difference for us because it helps pump us up on the podcastalley.com ratings chart. Uh, currently, I think, still in third place. Second. Second now. That's good. Yeah. We're moving up. We're moving up. But the uh, the top show is... Uh, is, is, is leaving us in, in the dirt. Uh, yeah. They are, they are, uh, their lead is increasing rather than decreasing. So um, we really need we, you to we, vote. We're moving up, but uh, they're moving up faster. Don't expect other people to do the voting for you because uh, we need everybody out there to get over to vote.freetalklive.com and vote for the show. Once again, that is vote.freetalklive.com. It's free. It takes less than a minute, and it makes a big difference for us. So if you like Free Talk Live, it's a little teeny thing that you can do that is uh, – it makes waves for Free Talk Live. It's a good thing. Vote.freetalklive.com. Once you've done it, then maybe ask a few friends to do it, and who knows? Maybe that will help them ask the, or uh, help them encourage – or encourage them, rather, to ask you, well, what's this Free Talk Live stuff all about? And maybe they'll start listening, which that would be a good thing, right? Vote.freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, we talk to Jeremy in Kalispell listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, I what's up? I haven't talked to you in a while. What's yeah, on your mind, Jeremy? Oh, I was thinking about uh, the complete um, assault on the Rainbow family mm. and um, how I hope next year that they all pack nine millimeters. That doesn't you seem know, likely. It doesn't sound like the, uh, the, the, the Rainbow family I've heard I of. I know it would be anti, but um, 
I mean, doesn't ACAMP stand for something? I mean, where was ACAMP during all this? ACAMP, all as I understand it, now what you're talking about is when the, the uh, was it the feds? They went after the... Well, they were involved. Yeah, the IMT, the, the, the IMT, the incident protection team or whatever in the hell they call them. They went and they, they attacked and, the rainbow people, right? Yeah. And the and, rainbow people and it responded. Was camp, no less. I guess they don't have enough nuts to go after the A campers. Now the A camp are the people to... that uh, they they drink alcohol, and alcohol is forbidden in the rainbow gathering. So right. the people that, that want to drink alcohol hang out at A camp, which is yeah. usually the very entrance to the uh, the national forest that they happen to be occupying. This, of course, a group of people that travels from uh, forest right. to forest and camps out and hangs yeah. out and, and, and enjoys themselves. They're supposed to um, stop the, any infiltrate. Also well, maybe they were just too drunk, so, you know. Maybe they're just... maybe next year uh, all the A campers have uh, AK-47s, <laughs> and maybe we can uh, protect. The I, rest I don't of think the that's going to work. Yeah, I, I think, think they that... need to, Jeremy. I think they need to come up with something um, nonviolent that'll work. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I think if like, anybody can like do it, what? The, what? I, don't, I don't know. Rocks. They're, but, uh, they're uh, advocating the assassination of the guy that owns the radio station. In this in this uh, city and county right now. Who? And where's the boiling point? Who is advocating uh, the assassination of the owner of the radio station? Well, the the Daily Intercourse. I mean, the Daily Inter Interlake. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Your newspaper up there? Yeah. <laughs> so this happened right there in uh, in Montana. The uh, the Rainbow Family thing. No, 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 no. That I I was. I kind of went off on two different subjects. Oh, okay. I, I'm confused now. Say that they're the Daily Interlake is uh, advocating the assassination of a guy that owns a radio station, and it is the oldest radio. Why would station. they? Why would they advocate something yeah. like that? Why would they do know. that? I don't know. I guess they're opening a can of worms. They don't really want to open. I guess. That yeah, sounds like they want to lose some subscribers. I guess. Jeremy, thanks yeah, for the call tonight, well, dude. Appreciate it. As far as your suggestions about. The violent response, uh, clearly that is not going to be successful. You cannot, you cannot have success in any meaningful way by resisting violently against these government thugs because they will just bring the violence back on you tenfold. That's what they are trained to deal with. They are waiting for you to get violent with them so they have the excuse to crack your head open against the pavement. So they have the excuse to blow your brains out because that's what they want. They want you to get violent back against them. The Rainbow family has done a fine job of uh, nonviolent or uh, peaceful, non-cooperative resistance in the past. They have walked right by a police blockade before. I've seen the video footage on YouTube of the Rainbow family members just walking right by, joining hand in hand and literally just pushing right on by the, uh, the, the, the agents that were trying to stop them, the state agents that were trying to stop them. So they've had success in the past. Certainly they could create, you know, human chains and surround people and protect, protect themselves that way. And as you said, Mark, they can think up new ways and innovate new uh, nonviolent solutions here. AK-47s are not going to solve the problem. No, they're not. Um, believe me, the government has better things than AK-47s. Let us continue. It's going to turn a huge massacre. John on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John, New Hampshire, going on. Hello. Hey, John. John. Yeah, uh, violence is not the answer. Non-cooperation is the key. Yes, sir. Uh, the mayor of uh, Manchester wanted to meet several months back with the uh, Free Staters because he recognizes that there's a you know a voting block is all that he sees it as. I'm sure mm -hmm. he wanted to come and explain how he's a small government guy. 
but all the aldermen, they're afraid of the fire union, the police union, whatever union, union, union that he mentioned. And I got the question in, and I should have used the word property owners instead of taxpayers, but I asked, didn't the taxpayers have a union, and aren't they prepared to go on strike, since that's what mm-hmm. these politicians seem to be not only recognizing, but in fear of people that are willing to go on strike. And if the people can organize, and, and then one of the gurus of the... Uh, of the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, you know, the, the old man of the, the old man guru, he said, you know, that's an interesting idea. If you had a union that actually acted like a union and not only went on strike, but was, was willing to ramp it up to the next level. In other words, if you punish any of our union members for doing what they just did, so say, for example, you held out uh, the, the school portion of your property tax, mm-hmm. and, they, and, 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 the, and, the, and the government goons decided that they wanted to push back against that, then you then the union has to be steadfast and say, well, you know what? Then the next time the bill comes out, you get nothing. You don't get, you know, yeah. whatever it was, the fifty or forty or percent. And then, I like the and idea. then if you want to push back again, we're going to stop registering. You know, the you have to, in other words, stand firm like a union, and just keep on standing firm. And and when they push back. You just say, you know what? It doesn't affect us because we're going because we have the power because we are going to build in our numbers. Right. What are they going to do if uh, somebody decides they're not going to pay the property tax bill for three years in a row, and then after three years, the government people will claim they can start to try to you know work towards taking the property? Well, what would happen if uh, you know union members, for lack of a better term, came to that property when it was expecting to be uh, expected to be taken and just started camping out there? Uh, well, you know, just let, let me let me just say because i know we're short on time i think that the the word union is kind of important because it's something that they will recognize yeah Just but at like the same time it... said to me about the the free minds tv guys don't they recognize what that fist looks like the communist thing well guess what it's something that people recognize it's a sign of it's a sign of uh solidarity and and, and we need to push forward what i don't like about the term union is that it suggests that there was an agreement in the first place like if you are a workers union at a certain company you're all under some level of agreement to work for that well, particular company in the union would be that if if you begin to re- resist the taxation or whatever regulation that it is that we're not going to all start to get fearful and fall away yeah. we're going to have an agreement with each other that we must stand together i love the idea john and i hope that uh, that you go out and actually start that so people can start joining it and i thank you for the call tonight 800-259-9231 i, I would love to be involved in a union an actual union of taxpayers that uh, can you know protest in this fashion because i can tell you i'm not happy i'm not happy about i don't want to pay for government used. schools no I would have I would have stopped this right this time out I would have stopped but Julia you know, I is had, too frightened. I had someone uh, say today to me that I was on the telephone with a lawyer who's like oh well just screw the kids huh you know that was the that was his uh, statement when I said that I don't feel that I should have to pay for uh, you know these mm. these socialist indoctrination centers they call schools and I said look man there's schools all over this town that people don't pay to send. What about the poor people? I said, are there any poor people in my town? Because, you know, my town's not a poor town, and I don't think that there's too many people who can't afford to send their kids to school. Yeah, that's a typical obfuscation. Well, again, I mean, you can help support education on a voluntary basis, and we like education, just education that's not pro-government education, education that's not a government indoctrination center. I don't mind supporting education. As I've said, when I get to the point, and it will get to this point at some point, when I get to the point of not paying the education portion of the property taxes, which is approximately 60%, I'll take a chunk of that money and donate it to the Liberty Scholarship Fund. 
I have no problem supporting education I believe in. And I don't believe one iota in this government education system. The only thing holding me back at this point is Julia's fear of having her house stolen out from under her, which that union idea would help back her up and That's help make her feel more comfortable. the purpose of these taxes is to scare you. Exactly, and it, they're working on her. And I hope that more people come here who aren't scared, and we can all join together and say F you to these gangsters that are trying to extract our wealth from us. It's Vinny in here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.